Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking tech. 
Rich Demiro is our awesome, awesome guest on today's podcast. And you may be saying, Rich Demiro, who the heck is that? Well, Rich is the tech reporter for uh, KTLA Channel 5 News here in Los Angeles. My absolute favorite news station. They're wacky. They're zany. Um, they give you news, but you feel good after you watch it. I mean, how many people can say they feel good after watching the news? But Rich is also known kind of around the nation as Rich on Tech, where his tech segments are syndicated on dozens of TV stations. You might even uh, see Rich on Tech on your news station, and he's just got some awesome tips to share with us on tech, on money, um, the apps that he's got on his phone, and lots of cool stuff. So I hope you stay tuned, and I hope you love this podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on uh, Millennial Money today. We're so excited to have you and talk all things tech. Shauna, thanks so much for having me on. Awesome. So I I know you obviously from uh, KTLA News, where we live out here in Los Angeles, uh, which is, you know, in my opinion, the most awesome news uh, channel. I'm sure you would agree. Um, I think so. Yeah. But I uh, I also know that you do uh, lots of tech segments. You're syndicated kind of all over. And I just thought it would be really interesting before we start kind of jumping into to tech and, um, you know, the nitty gritty of that. Maybe if you could just give listeners a little story about kind of your background and how you've gotten to KTLA, how you've kind of gotten to the rich on tech um, career path that you have now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I basically took a very classic career path in journalism. So I was a, you know, typical reporter in a, in a couple of random little cities. And when I was in those cities, I kind of realized, I was like, man, I mean, I love journalism. I've always loved television. I've loved live TV for my entire life. Um, the immediacy of it, the connection with the viewer, which is now more than ever, thanks to social media. Um, but I knew if I wanted to do this for the rest of my life, I'd have to talk about something that I love to talk about. And what is that? It was either... Business, finance, technology. Those are the things that I really, really enjoy. And so I always imagined I'd be sort of a, you know, a reporter on CNBC or something like that. And I ended up getting a job at CNET and uh, just said like, oh my gosh, this is what I love. So I actually went into web video way before it was popular and did CNET for a, a while and then came back to regular TV and I've been doing that ever since. And the interesting thing is the audiences are very different. You know, on CNET um, versus broadcast television, I'm on a bunch of morning shows across America and it's just everyday folks that are using their iPhone, that are using their computer, that are upgrading to Windows 10 and they're just like, Rich, help me. What's going on here? I'm not a tech savvy person. But the funny thing is a lot of people are much more tech savvy than they than they think they are so uh we all get by and uh that's that's where i am today i live in la i do a segment that's uh on a bunch of tv morning shows and um and it's fun it's i just do you know i keep keep on top of all the cool gadgets coming out all the cool services websites uh there's so many great things today and you travel quite a bit for your job right where are some of like the coolest places you've been recently you know, uh, I was just in China, and I, China just absolutely fascinates me because it's so big. I know you travel a lot. Have you been to China? I have not, but I okay. hear all sorts of stories, so I'd love yeah. to hear, especially the tech side of things. <laughs> well, we went, I mean, well, I'll give you two quick stories. So first off, we um, we went into, uh, we went to this like electronic store, and I took an Uber there, but I never, and the Uber there was easy because I was at a main kind of um, convention center, and so it was really easy to say, here's where to pick me up in the Uber. Well, guess what? When I got 
back, when I was trying to get back to the convention center, I was not in a main area. So it's like I had no way these Uber drivers kept calling me on my phone <laughs> trying to say, like, where are you? And imagine, like, literally a billion people around me trying to find an Uber on this crazy busy street in um, uh, Shenzhen. And it was just impossible. And I was, like, literally thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be stranded here for the rest of my life on this corner or I'm going to have to walk back or something, like, 10 miles because I can't figure out how to get an Uber. You're like, um, I'm, I'm the American guy. I'm the one like sticking up probably above everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up taking um, some money out of the ATM and taking a regular cab, which, uh, um, you know, it would turn out to be fine, but I just had all these like horror stories running through my head. The second thing was that I did visit an amazing electronics mecca. They have these gadget malls, as they call them there, and they're just unbelievable. Ten stories filled with every single tiny little gadget piece of equipment you've ever thought of in your entire life. A lot of them knockoffs, but uh, that was just one building and there was like seven or eight of them in the area with similar stuff. Just anything you could think of. This guy showed me an iPhone for 40 bucks that you would think is an iPhone, um, but it wasn't. I don't know what it was running, but uh, it looked just like an iPhone and the software looked just like an iPhone um, and it was pretty amazing. So great, great experience. I love traveling because it just gives you such a knowledge of the world that you take back and, and use as your base for life. So would you say in China, I mean, are, are they, I mean, we're obviously so like tech and, 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 and phone and app immersed here. Are they even more so there? And like, what does that look like? Yeah, I think Asia in general is just way more high tech than America, um, just because of the fact that uh, they've been doing things in a, in a much more high tech way for a longer time. So when it comes to things like uh, the infrastructure for the payments and the mo- mobile payments and smart cards and, and tap to pay and all that kind of stuff has been going on there way longer than here. So um, I think it, there was a period in Japan where the phones were a little bit behind our phones when it came to smartphones, but uh, now you know it's it's you know, iPhones are ubiquitous. So are, you know, Android phones, they're just everywhere over there. And the people there, um, just, just are on them 24 seven. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I just read an article in Forbes this morning, actually, that, uh, Snapchat was just valued at $20 billion, um, which I think is just crazy. Um, and, and obviously millennials, you know, love tech. I mean, everything's on the phone, you know, don't watch TV anymore. It's YouTube and Hulu and Skype and all those sorts of things. Um, from, from the different things that you're seeing, you know, where is kind of the future of tech going as far as like social media and those sort of uh, vehicles for, for millennials? Do you see anything interesting happening? Well, I think you, you really nailed it with the Snapchat because the thing is nobody knows what delivery method is going to be the preferred method in the future. You know, people had newspapers for many years, radio stations, TV stations. Now, then YouTube came along and then it was YouTube. But now it's like, we don't really know where people are going to land in the future. Like, where are they going to start out their day? How are they going to communicate with their friends? You know, right now there's a lot of Facebook Messenger. Two, three years ago, nobody was on Facebook Messenger. I mean, it just wasn't a thing. So um, Snapchat is definitely one of those places where people are saying, hmm, there's something to this because so many people are on there every day. Day, they're discovering things on there. They're watching the story for their city. They're watching uh, all those little Snapchat discovery channels. So um, nobody knows if it's going to work out or what the next thing that comes along. But uh, I think that that's big. And I, I, you know, twenty billion dollar valuation seems 
like it could be right because we don't know just how much these big companies are worth just yet. Look at something like Uber, which revolutionized transportation overnight practically. Um, and now it seems very fair that that is a very valuable company. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. I had someone say to me the other day, you know, if, if I were to come to you like, you know, five or 10 years ago with a proposal of like, hey, I'm going to create this app based company. I'm not going to hire any of the drivers. I'm not going to have to pay for any insurance. I'm not going to have to pay for any. Oh, I'm going to hire the drivers, but I'm not going to have to pay for any of the cars, any of the inventory. And it's going to totally change, you know, the whole taxi system. And like, you would have looked at me like we're, you know, we were crazy. And yet this worked. I did. I looked at my wife like she was like she looked at me like I was crazy when I told her I was going to a Uber. I was taking an Uber when they first started to one of their launch parties in Los Angeles, and uh, it was like I said, someone's going to come pick me up in a in a black car. Back then, it was just town cars because we had lived in New York City, so we were very familiar with the the black car they called them. You know, where the, the, sure. the you know the car would come pick you up, but it was super expensive and it was super elite. And it was you know if you went to a uh, you know if I was doing like a spot on CNBC or something, they would send a town car for you. You know Matt Lauer takes a town car to work every day in New York City. But the reality was for the average American, nobody took a black car or a personalized chauffeur. You took a taxi uh, or your friend gave you a ride to the airport. But the, when I first said like this car is going to pick me up, it's all going to happen through the app. It's all electronic. I don't have to pay anything up front. It's all billed to me and it's done in a way that's like depending on how far I go and it's not like $200. It was like $20. And we just looked at each other like, I can't believe this is a thing. <laughs> and fast forward to now, it's like we literally, when we're going out on a Friday night, we are not driving. You know, If there's any sort of um, alcohol involved or drinking or even a beer, there's just no such thing as driving anymore. You know, It's just the reality is you take an Uber. Um, and it's, it's really amazing. I mean, I think that that's, you know, you're going to a special event and you take an Uber, whatever. So, I think uh, that is an amazing technology that's come, come, and I think technology has made that possible. So the fact that you can summon someone on their cell phone and ping 50 cell phones in the area that happen to be attached to a car and a driver that's in that area is an amazing use of technology, and it's amazingly efficient use of technology. So I know uh, everyone has their pros and cons of Uber. Um, I think personally the service has gone a little bit downhill when it comes to UberX. I think the quality of driver and car has gotten a little bit dicey sometimes. But at the end of the day, I think it's an absolutely efficient use of technology, an amazing use of technology, and I think that company is just starting to sort of shake things up in our world. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting with technology too. You know, I, I do a lot of help, help people with, a lot with budgeting and, you know, it's, it's such this kind of mysterious thing, you know, learning how to budget and, and mm-hmm. knowing actually what you're spending your money on. Yes. And, nobody uh, wants to know. Yeah. Nobody wants to know. And yet I tell you, it's very critical. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, I was working with a couple last week and, uh, you know, they're like, God, we just, we don't know where our money is going. And I said, well, okay, well, let's, I do this process with everyone where, you know, we get your bank statements, like we analyze everything, we pick it apart and we, we figure out like, Hey, what are you actually spending? spending money on. And they realized that they were spending, you know, anywhere between like three to $500 a month on Uber that they weren't accounting for just because it's so easy, you know, through the app, you just push buttons, it's linked to your credit card and, you know, the money just 
you know, comes out and they had no clue, you know, and so they, they started thinking like, oh my gosh, like what are some of the other technologies maybe where, you know, we have kind of the ease of use, but, you know, we're, we're just not even thinking that we're spending money on, which, you know, is obviously the, the MO of these companies because it, yeah. it, it just yeah. becomes so easy. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. It's it's a, it's a pretty dangerous thing, in fact, and and it it is you know it is that ease of use, but it's a double edged sword because when you spend cash, you feel it; it hurts. And when you sit there in an Uber, yeah, it's great to be in that Uber, and it's amazing, and yeah, it's a great use of technology. But the reality is, you don't think about how much it costs. Most, I mean, of course you do. You know, you have a rough idea; it's not going to break the bank. Um, if you're taking Uber X and you're going from here to here, you kind of know. Unless you're in surge pricing, you kind of know how much it's going to cost. I always do a fair estimate to get an idea. But the reality is it, it's so smooth and it's so slick. You're right. That is the MO of all of these apps nowadays that let you spend money in a way that you've never been able to spend money. I call it leaking money because you're literally <laughs> yes. all day long. You're just leaking money. You're, you're spending you know a couple bucks at Starbucks using the Starbucks app. You're using Uber, a couple bucks there. You're uh, sending money to a friend using Square Cash, a couple bucks there. And before you know it, you know, or you just you put a little order in on Amazon. You never have to pull out your credit card. It's it's literally 
leaking money. And it just happens to all of us. And I think now we, more than ever, because of technology, we need to be more aware and more on top of our money. Uh, I know at least I am because of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about money, um, do you have any, are there any like hot apps, programs, gadgets, like anything you've seen recently, you know, directly for, I would say like a millennial that, that really will help like save money or save time or make life easier? Is there anything that's, that's kind of cool out there that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, forgive me if you've covered these before, but I, I recently did a story on a couple of apps that sort of put saving on autopilot, and um, they're all really cool. I mean, of course, you have to do your research and see if they're right for you, but uh, I'm a big fan of kind of putting away money before I see that money because that's the only way I can save. I'm I'm a terrible spender. Um, I'm impulse buyer. I like to spend money, and I, if I don't have the money available, I won't spend it. So for me, I'm kind of one of those people that socks away a portion of my paycheck before I even get to it. Because once my little grubby hands get on it, it's over, (laughs) you know? Um, So I like these things. I know that there's a a couple of those, like, um, I don't know if they even still do them, but I know like Bank of America used to like round up the change, that kind of stuff. I know it's a small amount, but for a lot of people that sort of works. And there's some apps that kind of replace that, um, that idea of saving before you uh, spend it all. And there's one called Digit, which is really cool. I don't know if you've heard of this one, but basically, I have, yeah. um, you know, you connect your checking account to it and it's kind of like it has a little algorithm inside where it looks at how much you're spending, how much you're taking in, and it basically withdraws a few bucks from your checking account, um, you know, whenever it thinks it can. And squirrels it away for you. So um, I, I like that. And it saves it. And basically, you're saving. It's doing the thinking for you. It's saying, you know what? We kind of notice every Thursday, you have a couple extra bucks left because you've already paid your electricity bill. You've already paid your rent. So we're just going to take a little money from there and, and put it away for you. So I like that. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, there's one called Stash that I like as well. And this is kind of, you know, everyone wants to be an investor. And so this one, um, you know, lets you become an investor for as little as five bucks. So you purchase like fractional shares of, you know, exchange traded funds. And, um, you know, it it just lets you be an investor quickly and easily. There used to be one called, uh, what was it that, uh, one of the big companies ended up buying them. Do you remember? It was like a small fractional trading company, like not lending tree, but, uh, it was like lending. Yes. I know. I think um, ING owns them. Um, I know you're thinking of it's just on the tip of my tongue. Yes. But that was a big one back in the day, and you know I did something like that. And oh, share builder—that was it. Share builder, yep, yep. Yeah. So you know all these ideas of of letting people invest with little little things, you know, little amounts of money is kind of cool. This one has a subscription fee of a dollar a month. So I mean, you know, some people might be like, I don't want to do that for a buck a month. But you know, they have some cool cool things for millennials, like uh, because millennials want everything to be simple. And so I think, um, and they also do their homework. I think that uh, when you know, I'm a little bit above that millennial age, but I do work with a bunch of them and I kind of know what they do and they like to do their, they like to do their homework on things. So this has some cool investments like, uh, just fun ETFs, like clean and green American innovators, uh, kind of hang with Buffett. So you can like, look at, you know, what Warren Buffett's doing and, and kind of nice. emulate some of his things. And there's one more I like too called Acorns. And this was started by a father and son who were kind of trying to figure out if there's something like this out there. And they're like, huh, I wonder why there's not something out there. Um, And this basically rounds up your purchases to the nearest dollar, invests that change in a little account, and then you can invest it in different things. So the cool thing about this is that 
you can also throw in extra money, of course, if you want to, you know, grow your, your savings even faster. Um, but the other thing is that it's free for if you're under 24. So the millennial crowd, it's free. So um, that's kind of cool. If you're under 24, you don't have to pay. If, it's, uh, if you are over 24, it's like a dollar a month. So, so those are three apps that I think are cool. I personally do not use any of those apps because, uh, I, like I said, I do the, my thing before. I just literally take out a portion of my paycheck, squirrel it away, and that's the easiest thing for me to do because guess what? I've noticed over the years that I can take out more and more, and I still, just when I come to budget, will just look at how much I got that week, and I don't even notice the rest of it, and so that's the best way <laughs> right. that I found doing it. So um, to answer your bigger question, my favorite app in the world for money and financing and budget is called Excel, because that's what I use. I use an Excel spreadsheet, and uh, I love my Excel spreadsheet because it's like my I'm a little master of my domain with that thing. I'll just kind of what if what would happen if I put away this money here, or if I took that money, or if I didn't pay that bill just yet? You know? Yeah, I'm a huge uh, huge Excel fan. Okay, friend, I want to know what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house, or maybe a wedding, or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this, they release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club.
Mm. And I'm not even sure how to use it. The only function I use on it is the sum function. So that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all you need. That's all you need. Just how so. much, how much will it take to get to here? How much will it accumulate in X, Y, Z? Yes. Yeah. I'm a big fan of using that and kind of, you know, I used to build a budget like every month and then I found, uh, you know, the, the thing about budgeting is it's so scary because you look at your budget and you go, ah, I don't think there's one person in the world, no matter how much you make that says, oh my gosh, I have so much more money than I ever imagined I need in my life. Let me just uh, do this budget and, you know, let me budget out the next year. No, most people are, you do your budget and you're like, ah, oh, man, that's all I have for this month. What? Well, I need everything that's on here. There's, I can't do it. Without anything on here. Yep, absolutely. And it's it is fascinating too. You know, I, I try to relay this a lot to the listeners all the time. Is you know, a lot of times people think, well, um, you know, I, I only make. I'm just picking a number out of sky. I only make like forty five thousand dollars, you know, and I can't possibly save money, and I can't possibly right. figure this out. But I try and tell people, like, you know, I, I've worked with people who make you know a million dollars a year, and you know, they, they come and they're like, I I don't have anything left at the end of the month, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're living paycheck to paycheck. So it's, this is not just like a syndrome of, you know, you you make a a small salary. This is kind of a a universal thing. And you've got to play with a lot of things and figure out, you know, what works for you. Does Excel work for you? Does apps work for you? Does the auto debit into a savings account work for you? You know, you, you kind of have to like play with everything to find out like, where's the sweet spot for you. But, you know, anybody can can do this. And, you know, I try and challenge people that, you know, we can make this fun. This does this just not have to be, you know, this terrible, horrible, like shameful thing that, um, you know, a lot of us think it has to be. No, I think that's the best part about it is that, you know, my wife sort of makes fun of me all the time for how much time I spend on the budget and how much time I tell, I talk to her about the money and where we want our money to go. But it is really fun to me because I've been dead broke. I mean, literally absolutely broke, like eating like, you know, dollar menu at McDonald's to live on, you know, for like a year or two. And so I understand that like I've I've had money and I've had no money. And so I, I see the exact same patterns like you just said, whether you make a million dollars or nothing, or whether you perceive to make nothing, it doesn't matter. When you make a million dollars, you just literally fit your finances into that shoebox of a million dollars because yep. you say, okay, well now instead of staying at the Hampton Inn, I stay at the Ritz Carlton. Instead of, um, you know, eating a USDA uh, whatever prime steak, I eat USDA choice or whatever the you know top filet mignon is. You know what I mean? Like everything you do, instead of ordering a, a Coors Light, now all of a sudden, suddenly you're ordering the finest beer in all of uh, Italy. You know, whatever those things are, that's what happens. So when you look at someone, you know, like uh, you know that has a ton of money, well, look at their expenses. Sometimes I just feel bad for them because I'm like, oh, man, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine what they're paying out on a monthly basis to just keep that house running, you know? Um, and it's sometimes, I bet you it's probably stressful for them, the more money they make, because, you know, there's a lot of people relying on them and there's a lot of money going out the door every month on, on a lot of it's probably just nonsense. So, uh, in some ways it's nicer not to make so much because you don't have to worry about as much. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, I'm a huge iPhone fan. I don't know what phone you use. Um, I know you you try a lot of different phones. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's, like, constantly updates to these things. And, you know, is it worth it? Like, what is this kind of a rule of thumb of, you know, when you should invest in, like, the new model or when you should just say, ah, I'm just going to keep what I've got and hang on to it for a while? Well, if you're me, I have sort of a cell phone addiction. So, um <laughs> 
I actually like to get a lot of phones. I'm the kind of guy that used to wait in line for phones all the time. Uh, so I was, I'm an early adopter with a lot of these phones. I've, I've waited in the original iPhone. Actually, this is kind of a funny story. When that was coming out in New York City, I was uh, covering it for CNET, and I'll never forget that thing was so expensive. It was, I don't even remember. It was like eight hundred dollars or something ridiculous. And so I'll never forget the Apple people when I was in line. They're like, or I wasn't in. Line. Line. I was actually covering it. You know, so I, I said, I'm not buying this thing, whatever. I, there's no way there's 10,000 people in line at this store. And they like whisper to me, they're like, would you like to buy one? And I'm like, really? And so, of course, like everything was just thrown out the window. I plunked down my credit card and like purchased this phone, which you know, I immediately had buyer's remorse because you know, I had to switch carriers. It was so expensive. Everything was just a mess. But, uh, but I had the original iPhone, you know? Um, but anyway, so my point is uh, when it comes to iPhone or any of these other phones, what I notice is that for the average person who is using their phone, unless you're a real nerd or geek like I am, which, you know, you kind of look at the specs and you have to have the best, um, you know, you really only need to upgrade, I'd say once every other year. I'd say at this point, a lot of people are trying to stretch their upgrades into three years now, because I don't know if you noticed, but now we're paying full price for the phones. And so they're a lot more expensive to pay off because you get in there and, you know, whether it's AT&T, Verizon, whoever, they want you to get into these plans of payment plans where it's like, 25 to 30 to 5 dollars a month for your phone. And you end up paying a lot more um in my opinion on a lot of these plans um than you would just, you know, the, the normal plan. Well, that's the thing. It's funny because it's it's actually sort of adding up to be the same. It just used to be that the plans were more expensive. So the amount we've paid has not really changed, but it's just a matter of the way the money is done now is really weird because now we're paying more every month. So it used to be you'd pay $200 up front, uh, but you know you didn't really own your phone for two years. Now you don't really own your phone for two years either, but you're now taking that entire price and dividing it up by, you know let's say it's $650 phone divided by 24 months, but it used to be a $200 phone up front, and then you pay that the rest of that balance, let's say $450 divided by 24 months in your payment, in your sort of your plan for your phone. You know, your plan was just $25 more expensive a month. So it's gotten really weird. And I think it's very confusing for most people because, but I know the bottom line is from what I've heard from 99% of people is that they don't want to upgrade as fast because they're not getting that $200 upgrade anymore. They're getting, you know, okay, well, this phone's 650 bucks. but I'll tell you what I do and what I think is the best way to do it is if you can, if you can get the cash to pay up front for your phone, um, the best way to do it is to buy it up front and then sell it on eBay when you're ready to, to um, someone else when you're ready to upgrade because that way you'll get the most bang for your buck. Because a lot of people are like, well, you know, Verizon will just take my old phone off my hands and they'll give me you know, $150 towards my new one. Well, they're giving you $150, but a lot of times that phone might be worth $300. So ah. they're, they're actually pocketing that $150, bucks, and that's why they're doing that. They're not doing it to be nice to you. They're doing it because they make you know, a little bit of money. Now, given, I will tell you this, you know, you're saying like, Rich, oh, that's a great idea. Guess what? Selling a phone on eBay is a lot of work. So you, you know, that $150 that Verizon is pocketing, it's not like they're just getting free money. They are doing some work for that money, which is they're going to refurbish that phone. They're going to resell it. They're going to, you know, make sure that it all works and that that it's functional. You have to do all that on eBay. And if you don't, if you try to sell someone a bad phone on eBay, guess what? They're going to come after you. So it's not like there's no risk involved in doing that. You just have to know what you're doing and make sure if it's an iPhone, I mean, you're going to sell it overnight. Um, But again, 
you know, being someone who sold his previous iPhones on eBay, I've seen where, you know, some people, you'll be like, hmm, this seems too good to be true. Why is this person, you know, they'll never pay you, you know, they might flake on the transaction. So there's a lot of risk that you take on in doing that. Yes, it's way easier to just give it over to Verizon, let them give you the less money. So, yeah. But I also recommend getting insurance through something like Square Trade instead of uh, these these other companies like um, you know the carriers which charge you more. Square Trade charges you way less, and the service is pretty good. Um, you could take it into a lot of these stores. They have contracts with uh, the, the you I break you fix it kind of places where you just literally bring your phone in, they'll fix it for you, and you don't even have to pay sometimes uh, a deductible, which is really nice. Oh, very cool. That's an awesome tip. All right. Last question. Uh, we could probably talk forever about uh, tech, especially money stuff. Um, but last question. All right. So on your phone, what are some of your favorite apps? Do you have oh any standouts? You know, uh, my favorite overall is probably uh, Evernote, which is uh, that's the one I use over and over for everything. And they just added so two things I love about Evernote, especially if you travel, if you ever have to do expense reports. Um, they have an app called Scannable, which is kind of their companion app for iPhone, but you don't even need it anymore because they just upgraded their camera both on Android uh, and on iPhone, where it just kind of recognizes everything. So you put a receipt in front of your phone, and next thing you know, it takes a perfect image of that receipt that you can then tag as, you know, I tag them receipts. And then when you're doing expense reports later on at work or for home or for taxes, you can easily find those things and they look great. Um, I use that for my flexible spending accounts. I put it all in there. Um, so Evernote is just amazing. And I, I think that's such a great app. Um, some of my other things that I love, if you are a millennial and you um, want to back up your pictures, I highly recommend Google Photos, but I say you have to back up your pictures in two ways, not just one. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, which a lot of people do, uh, look for the Amazon Photos app and you get free unlimited photo storage, which is amazing because you do need your pictures backed up in two places. I get emails every single day from people saying they lost all their pictures on their phone and they, of course, if they've been listening to me for a while, go, I know it should have been backed up and I didn't back it up. And I I don't know what to say because I really, at this point, I just, I feel bad, but I've said that you need to back up your phone so many times. So if you lose your pictures, it's, I'm not going to blame it on you, but the reality is, you know, we have to take some personal uh, responsibility for these things because they are tough to get. Those are our memories. We do everything on our phones. So uh, you've got to do those. And uh, let's see, what else do I like on my, on my phones? I've got, uh, I, you know, and by the way, to answer your question, I use a combination of iPhone and Android. Um, but uh, let's see. I, I also like the um, Pocket. I don't know if you ever use that. I use that to save my articles, which I think ah, is awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've heard Pocket. of Pocket. And then if you love to travel, and I know you do, yes. um, there's, there's an app called Hopper. Have you used that? No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. This is the best app ever because what it does, it tells you – so, like, let's say you want to go to Cabo. Like, I always want to go to Cabo, right? So I haven't been in, like, 20 years, but I always want to go. <laughs> Uh, so you put in on, on Hopper, and I don't really know how much the – here's the thing about airfare. It's not about whether it's expensive or cheap. It's about how much it is relative to what it should cost you. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Like I don't know if a, a flights to Hawaii seem like they're always expensive. So if a flight is $500, okay, fine. That's how much I expect to pay. But I don't want to pay $1,000 for that same flight because I know I'm overpaying. So what Hopper does is it tells you a wealth of data information, which it tells you, here's the most popular airlines that fly to Cabo. Here's how much you should expect to pay in this month. So I know 
know if I want to go to Cabo in October and it's saying it's usually 250 bucks round trip, uh, if I'm paying 500, that's way too much. But it's also a personal decision of, you know, maybe that's the only month you can go and you know you're paying $250 more than the average. But I just love Hopper for the wealth of data. And I'm a data junkie. I love the fact that we have access to so much data in our lives to help us make decisions. Awesome. Well, I am definitely going to check out Hopper for sure. And Rich, thank you so much. This has been so awesome. Um, Where can the listeners find you? Uh, Well, I mostly hang out on Facebook, facebook.com slash rich on tech. And I'm also on Twitter, twitter.com slash rich Demiro. And I think that's about it. Is there any, I mean, I Snapchat once in a while, but uh, my main two places are are Facebook and Twitter. So I'm all over there. I'm an open book. You can uh, email me whenever you want, ask me a question, join me on Facebook live. And uh, I love talking about money, as you can tell, just as much as I love talking about tech.